Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor gives you sports betting tips. This is college basketball, Saturday, January 13th. We have a, another loaded slate, a f- bit fewer than normal on a Saturday. With Martin Luther King Jr. weekend. Uh, I know there's some Big Ten games happening on Monday. I think Black Michigan's playing next on Monday. They don't even play this weekend. Um, and so there's more happening on Sunday, I think, and, and more on Monday. So I think there's only like 130 games, still a lot happening only. There are 30 A grades right now. We have narrowed that down to 15 best bets. We're going to talk about 14 of them here. The 15th is the play of the day. And remember, you can get all those best bets at Blackbook Sports. That link's in the show description, uh, $9.99 per month. Or you can get everything, including Discord access, extended cut, uh, ad-free shows, all sorts of goodies. Over on Dub Club, sign up today for a free one-week trial. That QR code will send you right there or uh, the link in the show description as well. We'll get you right there for that free trial. Might as well check it out, especially on a loaded slate like this. Still time to get our NFL picks, which just destroyed all season long. See how we feel about the divisional round. Seven picks in the six games. Uh, Jake, before we get started, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Big Ten and home court advantage. We've kind of been talking about that a little bit throughout the week. The home court advantage, you know, historically teams win like 62-ish percent of games, and we, we really have a great idea about what home court is in college basketball because you play home and home, it gives you a perfect barometer. And now that's gotten a little bit carried away because there's a lot of not home and home. So it's been a little bit tougher, a little bit more math involved in recent years with the conferences expanding, but for so many conferences, they still play two home and homes. And it gives you a really good idea of what home court is on the whole. Um, you know, when you take one specific matchup, you might end up thinking home court's worth, you know, one team wins by 10 at home, one team wins by 10 at home. And it's like, Oh, home court's worth 10 points. It's like, we got to aggregate them all together. Right. And, and, and we know about what it's worth this year. The home teams are winning at a really high clip and especially in the big 10 and a lot of the games aren't even close. I mean, uh, you know, in, in what part of it, like Michigan on the road or whatever it's like, Michigan's like falling apart from the heydays of when we took them as an A grade to beat St. John's, <laughs> um, which feels like years ago at this point, but then, you know, Purdue going on the road and just getting thumped by a Nebraska team who just got thumped tonight by Iowa Jake, I'm curious your take. You know, you're our X's and O's guy. I'm the math guy. You have talked to me before. I don't believe it was on show about wanting to see certain teams try the zone a little bit more, how it can mess with kids at this level a little bit. And I know you've talked about that with Purdue. They have occasionally, you know, either gone to zone or, or teams going to the zone against them. And, and, and I know, you know, you talk about just, wow, how, how great it can be if a coach can mix it up. Um, you saw Nebraska tonight looked pretty good. You know, they started off slow, came back, and then Iowa goes to the zone and runs away with it. And you saw Nebraska just wasn't prepared for that zone. So Iowa having that card, being able to play. So do, do you think there's things like that happening that might make it seem like the home court's a little bit bigger this year so far? And we're going to see that balance out when the road matchups happen because it's just some weird matchup things? Or what are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I think it's threefold, right? So first off and most importantly is you're so used to shooting in that home gym. You know the feel. You know if the three-point line is two inches shorter on the left side than it is the right side or some weird, crazy thing like that. You know, you know, Hopefully that's not the case, but, yeah, I mean, you no, never know. Yeah, yeah, you never <laughs> know. Like, I'm just saying, like, there's yeah, little weird. things like that. You, uh, yeah. you understand about the court. You It looks familiar. That is the largest part of the home court for me. Right. Advantage. Like, it's sure. just, and the crowd, you're not getting booed. 
all that. Um, refs have shown a little bit of uh, a bias towards the home teams it, overall across all sports. It's just kind of a thing. They try not to, yeah. of course, but they're humans like us, and they, the, the subconscious can't help but see things a little bit different when what you're hearing from the fans. And so we just know that's a thing. Yeah, it's it's, it's a thing, and like you said, in all sports. So all sports, yeah. Doesn't doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. The second is, and this is going to really feel like old man screaming at the clouds, right? Uh, <laughs> AAU ball and high school ball and all that has become mm-hmm. so offensive driven and things like that that uh, zones aren't seen as much anymore. And mm-hmm. so when you see these teams go to a zone, like uh, I mean, the example that always pops into the top of my head is when Purdue and Arizona were playing here in Indy. Arizona goes to a three-two zone and immediately comes right back in the game got it within i think three to five points something like that mm-hmm. and then they ran away from it and as soon as they did purdue goes on an eight ten or eleven over run something like that and puts the game away uh yeah. when when these kids aren't used to seeing zones or like like though especially the weird ones like a three two that arizona was running or the one three one and like uh, you saw with Tennessee, Tennessee was getting drilled by Mississippi State, and they went to the I think it was a 2 2 1 press, and all of a sudden, Mississippi State doesn't turn around. The, the like pressure really, these, really threw them, yeah, yeah. Some of these exotic defenses, when you're not used to seeing it, and you've got very offensively driven like, upbringing, it is not it gets confusing. You make the wrong plays, you stand around, um, takes the movement out of the game, and for Teams like they have a really good big guy like Edie or mm-hmm. uh, Baycott or something like that. If you d- run a zone, you can front and be behind them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it makes it harder to make the entry pass. You just kind of swarm them, basically. Yeah, and it it causes a lot of stagnation if you're, especially if the, you're not ready for it. And no movement on the offense makes it a lot easier to guard. And I think the third part was you kind of hinted at it, as refs seem to be letting mm-hmm. home teams be a lot more physical mm-hmm. than away teams. And that really changes – that changes how you play defense and everything, and it can really change how a team is allowed to play. But I, that is a very minuscule part of it. It's Like I said, it's mainly the comfort in the gym and then matchups and things like that that you're more willing to do at home when the coach can signal in the defense. He, he knows you can hear it and it's not getting drowned mm-hmm. out by the crowd mm-hmm. and then a little bit of the refs. Mm, yeah, it's and should take it. The refs, of course, and uh, you know, it kind of is what it is, and they're human and they're yeah. trying their best. Yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, I don't get to watch a ton of games, but the late ones I kind of can watch a little bit. And the last two nights, uh, and this would be Wednesday and Thursday, uh, we had Colorado Wednesday, and then um, UC Irvine on Thursday, both of them on the road. And yeah, it was ex- insanely one sided where one side could just mug the other side, and it was about one out of four times to get called. And the other side was real touchy, and you know, you it's part of this part of going to the road. That's part of what's built into the model, of course. Yeah. I, I guess my follow-up question: You kind of touched on it there, maybe a little bit of the crowd being able to get the zone. And do, do you think we're going to see a little bit larger home court edge? Because if if it's a if it's an issue of getting the defense in, you know, called and sort of that sort of stuff, and or you know, being able, you know, less risk taking on the road to be able to take, you know, do you think it's going to be built in? And we're going to see a little bit more overall, or do you think it's just a weird matchup thing where like the right teams have been home to put the zones in or do whatever, and it's just been kind of a quirky thing, and we're going to see it come back? Just just hold on a second because I think that's the question everyone has. I have obviously too as we're going forward is like. Should we be thinking about home court as not an average of, of, you know, mid twos in your small schools to, you know, four, four and a half for your big schools, but maybe 
up to five and a half, six. I mean, should we really be thinking about the, you know, stretching it out a little bit more? Or do you think this is just, and obviously I know there's a data part of this and, and whatnot, a sample size, whatever, but, but most of our people don't want to hear that discussion. So that's why I'm kind of tailing the, just from the, from the X's and O's part, what is your thought on that? I think it's going to be a lot of conference by conference because um, you don't really you can't go team by team. Because um, it feels like, and I could be wrong, but it feels like the Big Ten has longer travel than most. Because mm. um, what Big Twelve? Go, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I don't I don't know. It, it feels like it to me because it feels like Iowa is way out there. Um, yeah, well, I, mean, like, I think it's I think it's gotten so bad now. I think there was a time when it was a little bit different, right? But like, look about the Big Twelve this year. BYU is about to play UCF. Yeah, but, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I forgot. I forgot the so we tracked that statement. I, I forgot yeah. that those yeah. two teams are now in the same conference. Yeah, but I, like, but I, like Iowa to Rutgers is a long trip for sure. Yeah, for some reason it seems like big uh, the Big Twelve and the Big Ten it have more teams that. Like Iowa at home is nearly unstoppable. Purdue mm-hmm. is unstoppable at home. Mm-hmm. As soon as they go on the road, they look extremely mortal. At Rutgers uh, has long had a had an incredible home home yeah, advantage. Yeah. We, we've talked about and, for years on the show. Yeah, and Iowa State is yeah. one of those top ones in Texas Tech because like they're hard to get to. So, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to affect the SEC as much, and I don't quite understand mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but maybe maybe if football just means more, maybe basketball just yeah. means. Uh, and of course, we talk about the Pac-12 home edges yeah. as well, being a little bit bigger. Some travel spots or some elevation spots. Elevation is a tricky thing, and yeah. then that back-to-back kind of thing where you're going a long ways away, but you're staying out there and you're playing two days later on the road trip can be kind of quirky too. So, yeah, some of these bigger conferences, may- maybe we'll see that. I have been looking at it. We're kind of I'm, I'm on watch with the, with the model here. Should we be looking at the specifically yeah. the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, making those home court edges just a little bit more for those teams in conference games? Yeah, and I wish I could point to a reason why, but I, I don't know. It just seems – and, I mean, this is two, three, four, five years of it, especially like Iowa and Purdue and mm-hmm. Iowa State. And things. it just seems that those home courts have a bigger advantage. And I don't know if that's one of those, like, self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we, we you t- convince yourself that you play better at home, you start mm-hmm. playing better at home. Mm-hmm. And then it just kind of keeps Almost rolling. like a placebo then, effect, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, ro- then the road – you play worse because it's in your head that you play worse on the yeah. road. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think the home court is a lot more psychological, psychological than we're giving it credit for in, in the uh, spreads and whatnot. It, and we, we talk a lot about it's very different pro and college and pros. I, you know, oh, yeah. I, I don't, the momentum is completely meaningless in the pros. We have done billions of studies on this. It might exist, but it's not worth anything. And you know that yeah. the pros, and, and I think it makes sense in the pros, you have more maturity. They're adults. You have the, they've been the best player of their, of, of everything they've ever done. They've been the best player at, at 12 years old and in high school and in college. And like those guys, they're built different than you and I are. They're built just to be like, I am better than everyone else. Even when they are, even like the fifth, the, you know, the, the fifth best player in the NBA team thinks he's better than everybody else, which, which he has to be to get there. And I, and, and, and so it's just different. Right with that, but college kids we talk about just it's a little bit different, you know. You, you have a little bit younger, you're 17 year old, 18 year old, 19 year old kids, it's just a little bit different. Some of them maybe haven't been quite 
the best because you haven't funneled them out, et cetera. So um, it is something we'll keep an eye on with the home court thing. I think it's a really fascinating discussion. Hopefully that was an interesting viewer. If not, again, we do timestamp the the games yeah. in the in the show description. So you just fast forward if you don't want to hear about that. But but I, and I'll put this in the in the show description that we had this discussion because I, I think it's an interesting point, something to be aware of. I don't want people to overreact and just say road teams can't win. We always got to be on the home team. But I don't want to you know bury my head in the sand and say we're not paying attention to this. And for for viewers who are going to comment on this, you know, we I, I am well aware the Big Ten has had larger home court edges these last couple of years. This is not news, right? It's just kind of, you know, this is a little bit more than that even. And, and how are we, we – just that discussion. So we're well, aware that it's, it's been even crazier this year. I mean, Nebraska alone is a great case because for three or four years ago, their, their home court was nothing. But yeah. all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, they wiped the floor IU and Purdue. And mm-hmm. then they mm-hmm. go on the road – as soon as they go on the road, they look very pedestrian. Yeah, you got you got of course a, a great coach building up a, a good program there. So anyway, interesting discussion. Uh, again, sign up for Dub Club. We talk about these things on Discord all the time. We talk about live betting. All uh, right, now I'll have my eyes on on Nevada, who who we had in, in the show yesterday, but we talked in the Discord about live betting uh, them at you know close to even money here uh, just to win, and they're in the second half now. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, so a lot of fun over in the Discord. You can get all that on Dub Club. Again, the sign up link for the free trial in the show description. Otherwise, though, we'll get to it. Three big games to talk about on Saturday, and a bunch of other best bets coming in the extended cut but we're going to start off with kentucky and texas a&m two pretty good teams but kentucky we talked about exactly when we could go today going on the road got the win for us as underdogs not much more to say about them if you join us in this last week the the, the cliff notes version is incredible offense questionable on defense you always worry if that offense will go on the road but kentucky seems to be putting it together all these John Calipari teams are always fascinating because you just never know at the start of the year exactly what's going to happen. And it's just up and down every year. And some years are better than others. Some years come together better than others. You just never know. Sideline's a believer in this iteration of Kentucky basketball. Has them number 12. Thinks they win this 58% of the time. AM, not a bad team, but a little bit disappointing. Just hasn't quite gotten it together yet. Obviously, if you're an Aggie fan like Cousin Jared, his, his, that's his alma mater. You have to be you know, a little bit disappointed after it was a promising start to the season. I've been to that arena. It's not, you know, Texas A&M has a very loyal fan base. Their home edges statistically aren't really that good. Part of it is you talk about the SEC in basketball doesn't have great home edges. Even in football, A&M doesn't, you know, even though people talk about the, and I've been there against when they played Texas in the stadium, it was literally shaking. It's just not coming through in the data for whatever reason. Uh, so I, I don't think I'm really worried to take the road team here. Again, we talked about it early, uh, you know, at the top for, for 10 minutes there. Road teams have not done that well this year. I think some of that's going to come back to earth. We had Kentucky on the road last week. They clearly can get it done. We're going to take them an even money. It's an A-grade pick. I have a feeling you might be able to get plus odds. Right now there's only one shop with money lines uh, with all the games at the time of this recording. Um, uh, but I'm seeing them at, at some places like plus two. That'll probably get you about plus 105. Anything plus odds is an A-grade on this one. In according to the model, uh, Jake, tell us more. Like, I hate this, but Kentucky is a very, very good team this year. And they're only going to get better as they get – the arrow back and they're loaded with freshman talent. They've got some really good big guys. And I, I feel bad for Texas A&M because uh, Julius Marble was supposed to, is, is a good player. Is a very good player. He just mm-hmm. hasn't, hasn't been there this year for him. I mean, he's, I know he's out right now with a personal matter. Hope it goes well for him. Oh, no clue what it is. Hoping to get all gets resolved. But then not only that, uh, Radford was out for a bit. They just can't get the, those they can get healthy enough to keep going. Um, I mean, this calendar year they haven't scored sixty points yet uh, in a game. It, 
I know it's two games. It's fun to say, uh, but I mean, they're they're what lost four of their last six, and the two wins was Houston Christian and Prairie View A and M. They're out of them. Some the offense is wrong right now. Buzz Williams hasn't got it figured out, and Kentucky is not the team you want to go against to figure that out because. They can really put it on you offensively. That is where they shine. Their defense is getting better, but, I mean, they shoot the three ball so well. They've got ball handlers galore uh, with uh, Reed Shepard and Rob Dillingham and Antonio Reeves. I don't know where Texas Stadium is going to find an advantage, maybe on the glass, but I think I got a feeling Kentucky's going to see so many shots going in that the the glass (laughs) advantage isn't going to matter. The pace they play at Texas A&M is not going to be comfortable with that. It's it is going to be a lot of Kentucky here on the road. Um, I, yeah, I think anything plus odds is I can't wait to jump on. Yeah, uh, model says minus one hundred three is your threshold for the A grade, minus one twenty one for the B grade, and that it should be minus one forty. So again, these are things you get on every single game, every single day over on uh, Dub Club. Again, you can sign up for that free trial on that link in the show description. Um, you know, obviously, this is a game where A and M does project to break that sixty point threshold, just because of the fact that Kentucky's defense is maybe not quite up to par with uh, the top teams in college basketball and the pace they play at, of course. Um, but you, you know, you just expect Kentucky to score a lot of points anytime they play, given given their pace. And, and their offense. Um, it, just as a reminder, of course, if anybody who's new new for us here today, we tend to get a few new eyeballs on Saturdays because all, all the games people are interested in. Um, you know, we talk a lot about every side, every total, every over, every under, whatever is playable if the number's right. You just got to find what that number is is and that's where we talk about you know um there's no locks in gambling there's no this team will win or this team won't win ahead of time we have no idea something will happen we just don't know what it is and the model says that kentucky wins 58 percent of the time if you disagree with this pick that's totally fine the idea being you would disagree with that probability because that's how we view the world because uh, otherwise you know you could talk yourself into some wonky logic of playing things like minus a thousand or something and obviously nobody would do that and so the model says that we would love to play AM if we could get big plus odds the issue is their favorite in this game and so this is our classic that we love the wrong team favorite game and that if i got you know plus 200 i'd be thrilled to take a&m uh, in this one but i need that sort of payout in order for us to think that it's worth it um it, it gets fun with probability and that's again why we have success because uh probability is my specialty and it's not the world's specialty and so we like to take advantage of that in these uh you know near 50 50 games where we can find an edge kentucky is one of them doesn't mean it will win it just means these are the types of picks that overall long term provide us with profitability Moving to the night slot, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Alabama and Mississippi State. Jake, Mississippi State uh, got the win over Tennessee in a game that we talked about. The model thought the total was pretty spot on with regards to the market. It kind of saw eye to eye. That game went over by about 10 points pretty easily, maybe even more than that. Um, And and we've long talked about the better teams in college basketball this year. uh, you know, are mostly over teams. Uh, it's been kind of thing we've we've preached. Offenses are better than the defenses now because the the game's changed a little bit from what it looked like. You know, five ten years ago, um, that's no more true than Alabama, who has the according to sideline number one rated offense in the country. And while Mississippi State has a fantastic defense, they played a Tennessee team who also has a fantastic defense. And that game, again, cleared the number easily. I think we're in a similar situation here, uh, but we're going to attack it really directly with this over. Uh, I, I think the sports books have not caught up. I think this one's going to go over as well. Model projects an average of 160.7 points. That doesn't mean I predict it to have that many points. Obviously, that's not possible. Uh, what that tells us is it gives us an idea to anchor our probabilities off of and say we think this game goes over 155 and a half. 
somewhere in the upper 50% of the time. That obviously means that 40% events do happen. Um, so you never really know who's going to get hot, you know, that sort of thing. Who's not Nebraska almost cost us our over last night by the best three point shooting team in the conference shooting like four for 35 or something ridiculous from three point land. You never know when that sort of thing's going to happen, but otherwise the ingredients are here for an over Mississippi state doesn't play at the slow pace that people think they might. They're pretty run of the mill. Bama likes to run and gun with the great offense, and I would as well. Mississippi's got a good defense. This will be a good test for Alabama. Don't know who wins, but I think there will be points. We're going to go over. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think this goes over. I mean, we're getting a lot of value, I think, by the perceived pace of Mississippi State. Um, Tolu Smith had his first start against Tennessee, and boy, did he look like a different guy than he did against the South Carolina game. Uh, he looked like the player that I expected at the beginning of the year. Uh, he Got, I mean, there was nothing, and Tennessee is a very physical team. There was nothing Tennessee could do to get him off his spot. Uh, and if he's playing like that against the Bama team who does not have the same kind of strength that Tennessee has, there's going to be a lot of points here because Bama's going to run, Bama's going to shoot threes. I think we're also getting value from them holding South Carolina to 47, but I think holding is the wrong word. Yeah, they, South, Carolina, South Carolina probably held themselves more to yeah. that. Yeah, South Carolina took more shots. Um, they they didn't take as many threes and definitely didn't make as many, but they're not that big of a three-point shooting team. Um, they didn't get to the line enough. Uh, so I think the Alabama really, like, really benefited from putting South Carolina in a game they didn't want to be in. Uh, Mississippi State's a little bit more disciplined with the guards they've got, and uh, like Tola Smith can kind of slow a game down a little bit. I don't think he's going to slow it down enough for this not to go over with the way Alabama runs and shoots the three ball. If they make anything like they did last game, it, this will fly over. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, Alabama overs have been kind of hit or miss. Uh, we've been on a lot of them. We've, I think we've won more than we've lost, but it's not been by a ton. Um, but we've been on a lot of them. And again, the ones that haven't hit have been like the South Carolina one, where we uh, took both the over and we laid the points to Alabama, so we got the split at least. Um, but, you know, sometimes the opponent just doesn't cooperate. But this Alabama defense, it's not that it's bad. I don't want to disparage yeah. necessarily. It's it's very it's very okay. Um, it's, it's not as good as Mississippi State's, obviously. But when you play at that sort of pace, you're just going to give up a lot of points. It kind of just is what it is. It is and a lot of times when you have that pace jake you like to talk about a lot you know you're trying to force turnovers and you're generating turnovers and that's going to get you points quickly and sometimes it's going to give up points quickly uh and so we just tend to see a, a lot of points in the alabama games we think the market hasn't really caught up with some of these teams uh with regards to how many points they can score we're going to go over 155 and a half and i mentioned i don't really know who wins this game obviously Alabama should be slightly favored. That's how the market has it. That's how my model, I think most other models probably would agree, but we have it at 55%. This Mississippi State team is behind Alabama, but not by a ton. And at home, this is absolutely anyone's contest, 55 45%. Those sort of outcomes happen all the time. So you can see this is part of what you get at Dub Club. Every single game, every single day right there, the A-grade thresholds. If we could get Alabama, we're really needing plus odds for the A-grade. Mississippi State, we need even bigger plus odds. Right now, this is nowhere near bettable territory for the side. Uh, but as you can see from the predicted total, we think it's kind of an 81, 79-ish type of game. And again, the average to, you know, team total error is like 10 points or something like that. So it, you know, it could be both teams around 70 or both teams around 90, right? That's what we talk about. There's variance. There's no locks in gambling. We play responsibly with regards to not putting more than 5% of our bankroll in any one play and usually never more than three or four because you just never know what's going to happen. But in general, we think this is more likely to get around 160, either up or 150s. 
one of the low 160s is kind of the most likely outcome of all possible outcomes, making over 155 and a half an A grade pick. A lot of B, C, D grade picks out there as well. Thankfully for our Saturday, we have so many A grades. We're able to give you three of them. And that third one is coming in USC, Colorado. Um, Jake, I've been mostly playing these USC overs of late, and I feel like they've hit like six out of seven, six out of eight. I'm not really sure what it is, but they've been pretty good on this over. Their offense isn't bad. Their defense, I mean, really for power five standards, really lacks or power six or whatever you're going to call it. I don't even know how many, how many conferences there are anymore with, with all this and what we're doing and how we're naming them, right? Um, but for these top teams, for a team that came into the season with tournament aspirations, you know, both their offense and defense have let them down, but the defense is just a real sore spot. They play relatively fast and Colorado's not drastically different. Good on offense, questionable on defense. They play relatively fast. This should be a fun game. We're going to go over 152. Another A grade for us, as the model thinks, about 160. Kind of lather rinse repeat we said from the last one uh, with regards to about how much of an edge we have. A little bit of a different style, though, because that one, we've got to overcome Mississippi State's defense, but we think Bama's pace is so extreme and offense is so good, it can generate points for us. This one's a little bit more, both teams just are good on offense and not on defense. It's really that simple, throw in a little fast pace, and we have a recipe for a lot of points. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's really all pace and driven because both these teams want to play fast, but both of them have very good offenses and defenses that don't match. Um, USC makes me a little nervous right now uh, with Collier going down. He's a superstar, and losing him, I'm, I'm curious how they're going to react. Uh, I think that it's going to affect them on both sides of the ball a lot, so I think that offensive rating is going to go down a bit, but not as much as that defensive rating will go down because also the turnovers are going to happen a little bit more because he did a lot of taking care of the ball for them. Um, they're already high on the turnover area, so I think that's going to be a little bit more because Colorado is even high on the um, turnovers. They're, they're <laughs> getting healthier, where Southern Cal's not. <laughs> so I think this is going to lean Colorado's way. If I was going to play a side, I would maybe slightly, I don't know, lean that way. I don't trust Colorado that much at all. Uh, but I think there's going to be tons of points because neither team really wants to play defense. They love playing offense. The pace is going to happen. Just a slightly nervous with Collier going down. But other than that, these, this should hit around 155, 160 with how these teams like to play. And when the model was run earlier in the day, Collier was actually listed as question mark. I guess we had the right information on him. So he's 50-50 in the model. That's the benefit of a player-based model is in tomorrow's updates, you'll see if you're with the Sun Dub Club exactly what the new projection is. Typically, when a player goes from questionable to out, it might affect the total one points, two points. And you never really know the direction because, like you said, it's not just the offense. It's the defense that you have to consider as well. And so uh, either way, whatever the total is in the morning when the model realizes he is out would still be around 160, uh, which is still making it over 152. Uh, a pretty strong picking and benefit of a player-based model. That was a lot of fun to build, and I think it's been very useful for us um, in, in that regard. Jake, um, final thought on this game. This is the weird weekend of the Pac-12, one of the two weird weekends that they've added in now where it's not the standard road trip. This is not where USC just played at Utah. Um, they're all crisscrossing around crazy. Colorado, usually Colorado plays on a Saturday at home. They played on a Thursday at home, but they played on a Thursday at Cal. So they're traveling back. Do you think there's any effect of any of that nonsense travel or just ignore all that, focus on the fact that both teams play fast, both teams are better on offense than defense, and just that's it? 
I mean, I, th- I think as I'm pretty sure Colorado's an older team, uh, if I'm mm. not mistaken. Yeah, they're they're for the most part older. Most of their production is going older, so I don't think the travel is going to affect. I think that would be more if you were like a younger team that was mm. more dependent on your freshman, kind of like uh, Southern Cal kind of is with Color uh, mm. and James and and all that. So I I would if this was the if that was the opposite way where Southern Cal had been playing on the road and was traveling flip flopping back and forth like a lot, I, I would be a little more wary than Colorado, but. That's yeah. just my, my opinion. This is, I think this is the easier one for USC because it's, I think it's tougher to have been on the road than come back and then play, have already having that travel effect. So I think it's a little bit tougher on Colorado there, which might actually diminish a little bit of their home court edge because Southern Cal played at home on Thursday. So they were everything normal. And now it, it, it's, it's the extra trip, right? Colorado had to fly there and then fly back, uh, whereas USC only had to fly at one place. So a yeah. little bit easier travel for them um, on this one. USC has gone over nine of their last 11. Um, so I mean, they, you know, no reason not to think that in general over is the way to look. Obviously, we'll keep an eye on on injury stuff and see if anything big changes. But uh, typically, you know, you lose a little offense, you lose a little defense. It's not going to do much. The biggest thing is you got to keep an eye on: does the coach decide to like completely change something up, which happens yeah. on occasion, but that's that's a rarity. Uh, I think we saw it like last year with Florida with like Castleton, like a guy who yeah. just like the whole offense revolved around him. It's like okay, we got to start over from square one and. Last year, it didn't really do much for him at all, but it's a whole other issue. Uh, do you think uh, there's any value here to letting the public and maybe other people overreact and bet this down a bit? And so we might, like, we get 150 and a half or something instead of 152? Or do you, would, do you think there's more value jumping on it now? I rarely try to predict where the number's going to go because, it, you know, it's just – you never know. And there's been so many times we've seen this year, especially where we've locked in picks and sit them out there bring a dub club at like nine or 10 o'clock. And then at midnight, you know, after the show's done recording and I'm looking at things, numbers have moved two or three points, one direction. And then by the time I wake up and run the update, now it's gone like five points, the other direction. I'm like, I don't know if that's, People trying to soften up the market, the funny money stuff, or because because the limits affect all that, right? And how, and how that's playing. It's just that's like a whole complicated chess match. So I have no idea. In general, my philosophy is I always put I, if it's an A grade, I just always take it and don't don't stress about it. So I would cool. just go over one fifty two and, and not worry about it. But you may be right; people may overreact. Um, I wonder if they would over. The, the issue is I think they would overreact more if this total was at like one forty, yeah. uh, being on the on the lower side. Typically, people like to play overs. With bigger numbers, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, we think this number's too low. I think it should be around, still around 160. So we can go over 152, which wraps us up for the free pick. So 11 more best bets coming in the extended cut. Uh, if you're first time with us, have a little outro video, 60 seconds, just some quick reminders and some thoughts for you to soak in. Otherwise, Jake, parting words before we get a minute breather and then come back and talk 11 more college basketball games. I, I, yeah, I just want to talk more basketball. That's what that's what I do all day, and that's what I want to do more now. There you go. All right. Well, again, viewer, hopefully we see you on the other side. You can get the extended cut if you're with us on Dub Club. Sign up, like the show description, free trial. No reason not to, especially with the NFL games coming up. Hopefully we see you on the other side of the music. <laughs> 